G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Turning our attention today to single Christians and dating and more specifically, how to honour God with your dating life. Get ready for a conversation with a guest who says, pitch the Christian dating rule book out the window. Sounds controversial to me. Today we're exploring, though, what makes relationships tick. Our special guest says Christian dating is rife with confusion, with myths and frustration for singles. Eric Demeter is a single guy who's given his subject a lot of thought in his new book, How Should a Christian Date?, He looks to separate the truths of Scripture from the baggage of Christian dating subculture. We're talking dating principles. We're talking wrong beliefs and unhealthy habits that cause needless heartache in dating. Eric Demeter is currently a full-time missionary with Youth with a Mission in Greece, or at least he spends half his year in that role in Greece, And the other half of his year, he's in the United States. He is a relationship and conflict resolution specialist who teaches YWAM staff and missionary students. Eric Demeter's book is called How Should a Christian Date? It's Not As Complicated As You Think. Eric Demeter, a special welcome along to 2020. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Neil. Eric, why don't we start with something fairly simple but actually profound with the idea that it's important that Christians get things right even at the beginning. Why do you think it's important that Christians get dating right? Yeah, I think what you just said a little bit earlier is, you know, that we can glorify God through our dating. You know, 1 Corinthians 10 when the uh, Apostle Saul, uh, Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that includes our dating life. Um, after that, I would say, you know, you can save yourself pain. Um, I like to say that you don't have to make all your own mistakes because I, cause I've made many of them for you. And I have a lot of stories in the book about people doing it well and people making mistakes. And although mistakes are normal and you're probably going to make a few in in finding a uh, a spouse, you don't have to make all your own mistakes. Um, Last thing I would say is that uh, I really think that how you date and those positive and negative patterns in your dating life, that you will take those into marriage. So dating becomes a forerunner to an ideal for marriage. And so get things right early and you'll stay with things right later. Hey, Eric, you are a single guy 
and I wonder whether you've got your own story to tell here. You might like to let us in perhaps on your age and, uh, and you know, how this sort of dating idea came to the fore in your thoughts and, uh, you know, getting to the point where you write a book about these things, you've clearly thought very deeply about the issues. Yeah, well, I'm, um, yeah, like, I, like you said, I'm an unmarried guy. I'm uh, 45, and um, I was engaged once, and that, um, and we didn't make it to marriage, and that was extremely painful. Um, but I have had the, the normal uh, ups and downs in my dating life, like, like most people. I can't answer, you know, that, that all elusive question of why, you know, why am I... I don't know exactly uh, other than there's not a, a formula, you know? And I think that Christians get stuck thinking that they can do all the right things. You know, they, they, they can, um, you know, they can wait for sex. They can, you know, date all the quote right people, but yet they're not married. And, and I think that they can get, get frustrated with God. So I've tried to avoid asking that you know, why question, um, and just trusting God's timing. Um, but, you know, I saw that there was a gap. Um, I, I read many good Christian dating books by mainly married people, um, but, I, but I wanted to speak to the culture, to the um, Christian world right where, right where I'm at now. And um, I saw that a lot of really good books, they taught you uh, who, like, who to date. So, the kind of person and the kind of, you know, and the red flags to watch out for. But I wanted to teach people not just who to date, but but how to date. Okay, well, we'll get into this conversation and shortly we'll open our talkback line and invite listeners uh, to join in our conversation with a question or a comment or even a critique of the sorts of things we're talking about. But you like to unpack some of the myths of dating. What do you mean by myths about dating? Yeah, well, there's some preconceived notions that, that we have that just, aren't right um that have that have seeped in into christian dating one i i think is that uh you know god's gonna do it all <laughs> that we can kind of do that um you know the 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 ostrich which is with its head in the sand and god will just bring us a, a spouse to uh our, our doorstep or there will randomly meet them somewhere but my um, push is that it will probably take effort. You know, I hope you have to date 30, you know, 30 people, uh, uh, but you might have to go on a few dates uh, with several people. So it, it takes work. Uh, God wants to partner with us in our search for for a spouse. So, and, and this is true, whether we're thinking about going to school or whether we're searching for our calling or we're trying to find a job that that fits i mean dating is is the same thing um can god just bring you that that right man or 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 woman absolutely and i you know those stories are amazing but chances are it will take some some effort on your part some people think about falling in love Uh, can you fall in love on those dates uh, and 
And then, you know, you're talking about, you know, you might have to go on a few dates. You even said uh, 30 dates. I mean, falling in love is one of those things, this feeling that happens between a young couple. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the idea of falling in love uh, in, in your early dating? Yeah, I, I think that that is great. I think God uses that. Uh, you know, God uses those and those feelings. So I think mostly what people mean by, by falling in, in love is they have this amazing feeling. They are, you feel like they're floating on clouds and they really love being with this person. And, and it takes no, no effort at, at all to, to love them. Um, and I'm thinking about a, a couple that um, that I'm friends with, and they fell in love hard. You know, they were so in so in love when they first started to date. And you know what? Um, they they got married, and um, they have a good marriage, but they have problems just like every other married couple. Um, but I, I think it's important to enjoy those those feelings but at the same time that's not all the information that we need to make uh, a good decision just those those feelings are one part so i like to say don't just fall in love fall in like fall in like so do you like the person you know so you may be really attracted to them you you may feel like you're you know feel amazing, but, you know, do you like them for who they are? Could, could they be a, a really good friend? And, and I think that's a more important question than, than having this, um, you know, these, these fireworks of, of feelings, even though those feelings are nice. Just throwing a few thoughts out there, and we can enlarge on these perhaps a little later. The idea, Eric, that some people are desperate for the feeling that comes with a relationship and uh, what happens when you feel uh, those feelings for one another on a date. Uh, there's this desperation in some, and then you got, I guess you contrast that with the idea of contentment uh, with your singleness and uh, falling in like with people. What are your thoughts for the extremes here? The desperation that some people have, perhaps it's with the aspiration to marriage, and this idea of contentment with being single if something doesn't work for you. Yeah, I, I think that um, dating when you're really desperate is... Um, probably dangerous. Uh, I remember a time when I was just felt far from, from God. I, um, you know, there were just things, problems in, in, in my church going on. And I, I just felt far from the Lord and I started dating a, a woman and I, you know what? I just felt like I was a vacuum cleaner and I was sucking all of my well being from, uh, from this person and that's not good. So I, so I made her my God for that short time and she would never be enough and no one would, would, would ever be enough. So I would say, be very cautious um, when you are desperate and allow God to um, heal, heal your heart first. Um, As far as being content goes, uh, I think that's a that's a great place to be. Um, I am 
reasonably content. Uh, but I still think that marriage, uh, it is something at, at least in the, at least in the States, um, at least 90 to 95% of people will be married at, at some time. So I think God has, has put marriage on, on the hearts of most people. Eric, you say in your book that you don't always have to use the word date when you're going out on a date. Now, why is that? <laughs> in some cultures, uh, dating means totally different things. So I, I think that we need the freedom to have times when we don't call it dating. For example, Greece... Um, the Christian couples don't even say that they are dating because to be dating means that you're having sex. So they don't want to be known for that. Um, so most people, most friends and, and family really um, only find out when a couple is to, together is uh, when they get engaged. Um, but besides the meaning being different, um, you know, sometimes there is just a lot of pressure uh, off and on the guy, you know, um, that if he asks a, a woman out on a, quote, date, that it means that he wants to, to marry her or it's super serious. That might be true, but I, but I think we need the freedom to, to actually go on dates um, when we're just curious for the possibility of, of marriage. And if you feel, if guy uh, feels a lot of pressure, I, I say you are free to maybe ask a woman to, um, you know, to spend time with, with you without calling it a date. But the biggest caveat in this is it can only be done a few times. If a month or two down the road and you're still, quote, hanging out with this um, with this person not calling it a, a, a date, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying maybe once, twice, maybe three, three times, you have freedom to uh, spend time with, 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 with someone without calling it a, a date. So um, that kind of date, it, it, it comes with a lot more uh, risk. So you just have, you have to be careful with that one. Eric, what about the contrast between dating and what some people will say is courtship? I mean, one sounds a little more serious than the other. Courtship sounds a little more serious with an intent towards marriage than dating does. And I love your expression there where you say dating reveals curiosity there. And uh, so any thoughts here around courtship and dating? Yeah, I think that you said it well, and I would de define it uh, similarly to that is courting is a super serious kind of dating where you already have an idea that you want to to marry this this person. So um, it, it starts, starts off being highly intentional. Um, dating, uh, I am definitely not for casual dating. I, I, I believe that all dating has a purpose and the litmus test is simply, are you curious for the possibility of marriage? That's it. And if you're not, and if you see this person as a friend, 
the rest of your life, well, then don't go on a date. You're, you're just wasting your, your time. You're wasting the, the other person's time. But if there's a spark, if there's a hint that they could be the one, then please go, go on a date. And while we're laying a foundation for a conversation like this, I can't go past this idea of scriptural foundations, and we'll get onto some of this a little more deeply, but the idea of being unequally yoked. Now, that can work in business, but we often will apply that to our relationships. What are your thoughts here for believers, dating believers, and when you've got a mix of unbeliever and believer, that leads to difficulties. Any thoughts here? Yeah, I would uh, definitely say um, if you follow Jesus, that uh, you that you need to share that foundation with whoever you you date, and certainly marry. Um, there is a lot of people I, I, I know as men and women get get older in their uh, single lives. It is tempting to maybe branch out to date some. Uh, someone out outside of the uh, faith. Um, so if you are dating someone that's out, outside of your, your faith, I would be really, really cautious. Um, you know, the, the Bible doesn't talk about uh, uh, dating specifically, but the Bible gives us wisdom. So I would just ask the, the, the question, like, if you marry that that person that doesn't share your faith, how will you raise your your kids? You know, it's it's just going to create a lot of um, future problems. And from a very practical point point of view, I could not marry someone out, outside the faith simply because I talk about Jesus all all the time. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what I would talk about with this um, with, with this person if if uh, they weren't a Christian. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 1-800-316-316 to join in our talkback conversation today. We're talking about dating and you might have your own thoughts to offer. 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is Eric Demeter. Eric is the author of a book called How Should a Christian Date? It's not as complicated as you think. Well, Eric, let's take a call. And Helena is on the line from Golden Bay in Western Australia. Hello, Helena. Welcome along. Shalom, shalom. Good morning, people. <laughs> Good morning to you. What are your thoughts for our conversation? <laughs> it's about this... Um, excuse me for a moment. It's about being equally and unequally equally yoked because I'm 49, I'm single... Etc. <laughs> and I, I and I have a cat, <laughs> if that means anything. But um, it's, it's I I don't uh, I, um you know when you say about the equally yoked, I'm still trying to figure that out because even like cause I've, I do I do come across some you know I do I, I do try to look for the the, the the believer, and that's just where I struggle a bit. I'm trying to break that down, but without thinking too much. And I'm not quite sure what I'm actually trying to say here. I think, uh, Eric, if you can pick up on that, uh, the idea of uh, unequally yoked is sometimes confusing, and uh, that may be something that you can address here for Helena. Yeah, yeah. Well, specifically, the Scripture does not talk about uh, dating. 
So um, I don't want to say that there's room to date a non-Christian because it's very dangerous, but you definitely 100% don't want to marry one. Um, now, you hear stories uh, about people dating. I, I know several people who dated a non-Christian, and that person you know, gave their heart to Jesus as, as they dated. Um, so those are amazing stories. But um, I've heard just as many where people get married to a, to a non-believer, and they never come to faith. So uh, I know it's a struggle. And um, there are some really good people, uh, that, um, some really nice people, some, some kind people that don't know Christ. But I would say, wait, you know, wait. And um, if, and if you need to, uh, try to expand your circle. Try, try to uh, maybe attend a new Bible study. But uh, there, there are still good Christian men out there. Helena. I, I do believe that. I do believe that. I'm. I'm. I'm only really am searching for. for well, I wouldn't say like searching as such because life. You have to live life like it's your last. But going forward, if you know, if you know what I mean. But it's just. It's just that the more that I grow, grow in the Lord, the more I understand the depth of being in that garden with my Adam. If you if, if that makes sense, so it's a, it, it's about the believer more than the unbeliever for, for me, because the more of a relationship that we have with our Messiah, that's just uh, that that's where I'm struggling with. I'm just I've, you know it's hard it's hard to sort of say this all on in one conversation if you like. It's just that the believer it's himself. It's just it's like as, as you get older, <laughs> it's sort of like finding a needle in the haystack. Because of my relationship with the Lord. Good thoughts, Helena. Mm. Anything more to add there, Eric? Yeah, I, I would just say that I um, that I empath- I empathize with with you, and um, yeah, and I will and uh, know that I will pray for you, and uh, yeah, and I would pray for in God's timing that that you would meet that that right Christian man. Why don't we take a moment? Yeah, thank you very much anyway. Thank you, guys. Helena, stay stay on the line for a moment um, because uh, you've offered there to pray for Helena and no doubt there'll be others uh, who are in their 40s and uh, single and waiting for Mr. Wright. Uh, saving themselves so uh, let's 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 yeah. pause here because um, we don't always pause but there's an opportunity here to pray and there'll be other singles who are listening in thinking uh, Helena's story oh, is my story too mm-hmm. Eric would you lead us in prayer thank you absolutely Lord Jesus we know that you are the sovereign God you created relationships Lord you love marriage Lord you you love marriage you created marriage so I pray for Helena and all of the Christian singles who want to be married, who have walked your path, who have saved them, them themselves, even though, uh, Lord, even those that, who have made mistakes along the way. Lord, bless them Amen. with uh, what's in their hearts, Lord, and raise up the Christian men. And Father, bring more Christian marriages to pass in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you very much. Helena, thank you so You're much welcome. for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation. Just a couple of minutes out from the news, I uh, want to come back to uh, some thoughts that you'd introduced around the idea that there are subcultures in Christian communities and uh, you know and dating means different things to different people any thoughts here for how you get caught into subcultures when you're in dating here Eric yeah I think you just have to know uh, what the rules are um, in the culture that um, you are in and um, most Christian cultures I, I, I would say work work well with a uh, dating but in um europe uh they don't they don't really date they do some but in europe they they they, they mainly say that um we got together so um you know use dating when it's when it's helpful and if that term's not then you can call it whatever you would like but the process is the same it is the process of getting to know some someone for the possibility of marriage. And just quickly, when you're in your missionary role in Greece, you're actually working with a lot of people from Middle Eastern backgrounds too, and so you've got Christian converts sometimes uh, from all sorts of Middle Eastern cultures. Uh, you're approaching this in a multicultural way as well. Yeah, you know, uh, there are arrange marriages in uh, Iran and Afghanistan. Um, I was surprised to, to know that um, they also date, though. So I didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah, so the more um, maybe it's Western in influence, but um, they seem to, at least some of them, seem to uh, connect with, with dating. Well, biblical wisdom has held true for a long, long time. We're talking about Christians and dating. Eric Demeter is our guest. He's got a book out called How Should a Christian Date? Why don't we take another call? Let's hear from Isaac, who is in Orange in New South Wales. Hello, Isaac. Welcome along. Yeah, very good morning. God bless and uh, wonderful to hear your voice. Isaac, what are your thoughts? Uh, my Lord, because um, I'm very interesting because I'm married to, I'm from Fiji. I'm married to a Lebanese um, diversity of, of the culture. And uh, God has brought us together because we're talking about different culture. And uh, very interesting when I hear the, what is going through this morning, I said, wow, this is exactly talking to me because... I know in the first place when I get married, I was very challenging because my wife is a Lebanese background and I'm a Fijian background. And take us about nearly 30 years to fit in that category. But guess what? The good news is God is always in the centers because it teaches me the lesson and teach my wife to the lesson. And we are very compassionate about each other, about I know, how godly principle work. And Isaac, if I can ask you, uh, you with your Fijian background, your wife, Lebanese background, but you both are 
uh, followers of Jesus Christ. Is that the... Yeah. Yep. So when you've got him in common, you've got the Bible in common, those sorts of principles that guide your relationship actually give you a wonderful foundation. Let's bring Amen. Eric in. That's very true. That's Let's bring exciting. Eric in here. I like that. That is the bottom line. Okay. Eric, your thoughts for Isaac? Oh, yeah. I just think that that's a beautiful story, you know, uh, of two people from very different cultures who had to figure out their uh, relationship and how to form one and how to get married and how and and how to to be married. Um, But I, I think that there's something especially beautiful about cross cultural marriages. And when you've got a cross-cultural marriage, you it's not so easy to work things out because you bring with you that cultural difference. Uh, but when you have this idea of equal yoking, this Christian commonality, uh, that makes things so much easier. Your thoughts here, Eric? Absolutely. I, I, I think that if Jesus is the center of your life, that that you will overcome those those cultural differences. And you know what? Really, the, the best gift that you can give to your wife or your, or your husband or your future spouse, the best gift that you can give them is your relationship with Christ. Wonderful stuff. Isaac, thank you so much for your call, sharing those thoughts. Let's take another call. Carol is in Tasmania. Hello, Carol. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Very well. Carol, what are your thoughts? I'm coming from a totally different perspective. And if I may, from a personal perspective, as a Christian single woman in Tasmania, now predominantly the churches are full of women. (laughs) There's very few men. Um, I know it's different for the younger generation, um, but for the older woman. And I agree, you do need that Christian companionship, especially today, because as a single woman, um, I've I've lived a really interesting life. I've travelled, I've been around. I'm not coming from a narrow perspective. So I get to meet a lot of people, and it's difficult. I have found even lately I've had to actually (laughs) offload um, a couple of gentlemen friends because they want more than just friendship. But the problem is today they actually even pretend they will go to church with you. Um, but you know it's a con, so if you say, well, look, I've got a couple of really lovely books here. Would you like to read them? Oh, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> and I think also as a Christian woman, I'd like to bring up the topic of I know the homosexual laws are now legal in Tasmania and Australia. Now, this is very difficult if you want to have men friends because I, I actually know, um, because of my connections, of, there's a lot of men out there that actually now have sex with men and women. It, it's very common. This is not uncommon well, anymore. <laughs> You're describing some things that are happening uh, in all sorts of subcultures that are in our communities, Carol, and uh, there's a lot of things uh, to draw attention to. And uh, Eric, for Carol and her story, uh, what are the things that come to mind for you? I would say that 
that it's a gift that you that God has given you the the wisdom to not only uh, you know that when you that when you meet these men and God has given you actually that that spirit of um, discernment so that even though they said that they would go go to church uh, and maybe they they did but as soon as you press them further to say hey read this book you know that that um so i think that god was um pr- was protecting you and saving you from you know hurt uh hurt down the road and carol uh, you have our thoughts and our prayers uh, we may say another prayer at the end of our conversation today but uh, carol you're in the middle of uh, all sorts of things there thank you so much for sharing your thoughts i might just raise one of those sorts of issues here with eric uh, the idea that sometimes uh, in uh, country areas uh, small towns uh, you have got this idea of uh, churches uh, predominantly women and lots of women looking for that Christian guy, and uh, they're not so common everywhere. Uh, you were encouraging earlier on, Eric, by saying, yes, there are some good Christian men there. Uh, somehow or other, in some some churches, uh, some women are going to be saying, I wish there were a few more in my church. Any thoughts here when either you're a male or a female and you're in church, but there's just no compatible possibilities? Yeah, and I feel uh, I feel em- empathy for a lot of single Christian women because I I think in the states it's about forty percent men, sixty percent women, um, and that is that is tough from a you know purely human point of view. But but I have seen um, friends of mine who have been in situations where no one's asking them the mouth, they're not dating, there's no prospects. And they have uh, one of them in particular, she uh, decided to, you know, start going to a a Bible study that was an hour away. And, you know, she did what was uncomfortable. She she got out of her comfort zone and she drove once a week or uh, at least once once a week to to be part of this new group. And uh she met a guy, she got married, and she's got kids uh, today. So um, sometimes for um, the women that are, are single and want to be married, they, they, they have to be creative, and they, and they have to take uh, uh, steps of faith to, to widen their circles and, and to meet new people. You said earlier on, Sometimes you've got to work hard to find, and I guess it's Mr. or Miss Wright here, uh, the idea of working hard because sometimes too early, uh, too easy to roll over and uh, and have a, your own pity party. But uh, as you say, drive an hour to be part of a Bible study somewhere, find a group. Is it helpful, Eric, if you've got someone who is looking out for you? Uh, I mean, sometimes uh, matchmaking can be, you know, uh, the worst thing that can happen and that can create all sorts of issues. Sometimes someone takes that sort of role, a trusted confidant who can be a matchmaker for you. Is that something that you would say is a good thing or is there problems with that? Absolutely. You know, there is there is no perfect way. But, uh, yes, if if you have an uh, an uh, advocate, a, a friend, a, a pastor, a mentor, 
or a solid Christian couple that, you know, that, you know, yes, absolutely. You know, ask, ask them. Some, some don't, some don't want to, to, to do it. I asked a mentor of mine years uh, ago if he knew any uh, Christian women that went, that might be a good fit. And he's like, ah, I don't really you know, want to dive, you know, dive into that. And that was okay. Um, but, you know, there are people that just love to see people get, get connected, date and, and get married. So, so find some, someone. So absolutely. If um, you have someone who has that uh, Cupid, <laughs> you know, part to to them, then I would definitely ask them. I can't go past asking you about online dating sites. Uh, there are a number of Christian online dating sites. Uh, the idea that you might have a friend or a confidant who's watching your back, uh, participating in those uh, things, that you might have your own thoughts about uh, those sorts of sites. What are your uh, What's your wisdom here, Eric, on uh, people who are thinking, I'll find Miss Wright or Mr. Wright on an online dating site? Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship uh, with the online sites and the apps. I would say um, you you pay for what you get, so it's better to invest and pay for one that is that is good because often the uh, the free ones uh, you will get a whole mix of people who a lot of them you you don't want to date. So yeah, I mean if it costs thirty dollars a month. Uh, Forty dollars a month—that that would definitely be be worth it. Um, I would say when you meet people um, online, to not just meet them online, but the but the key to online dating is to is to meet them as soon as possible. Uh, where people get in trouble is that they 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 chat with someone for weeks on end, months on end. And they think that they know some someone, but lo and behold, they go to the coffee shop for the first time after two months, and this person is not at all what they what they seem to to be like. So, so the um, idea with um, online dating is to um, meet fast and and to date slow. Let's come back to honoring God in dating because people who are desperate may be tempted to have a pause on relationship with God if they feel like he's not providing the one I've been praying for. What are your thoughts here for perseverance uh, and honoring God with all of your relationships uh, and and then towards your dating and possible marriage uh, aspirations? Yeah, I think we have to keep marriage in in perspective. I mean, marriage is a gift, and um, you know, but it's but it's but it's only a gift for for this life. You know, Jesus says that marriage won't be in heaven. So, uh, but I hope that everybody who wants to be married in this uh, in this life will be. Um, but we just have to be careful of really our uh, theology. That um, because there's this thing that you know, oh well, well all the good ones are already taken. Well, that's just not a dating problem. I I, I think that that's a uh, theological one. Like like who is God? You know, God has all the resources in the world, and it and it just comes down to uh, putting our dating life, putting our our marriage in 
God's hand, trusting in his timing and trusting that that all the good ones aren't already taken. What are your thoughts, Eric, for the idea of uh, lower your expectations and take the best available or make your expectations much higher and potentially around this idea of uh, looking for that uh, godly, mature, genuine, authentic Christian uh, spouse? Any thoughts here? Yeah, there's been research in the States. There's a uh, marriage researcher in this space named Dr. John Gottman. And uh, he says, and I think he's right, that, you know, people with higher standards actually meet people with those standards. Be- because it's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that if you have low standards, you're going to meet someone with low standards. If 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 your expectations are are, are high, then then you will also meet that that kind of person too. So you know we talk about lists, you know, and um, making a list of uh, what you want in a wife or a or a husband. Um, and uh, you know people say, well, how long should my list be? And I say it's 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 not the the um, quantity of of that list. It is it is the quality. And especially if if your list is filled with uh, characteristics like strong foundation in in Christ, you know, kind, loves, you know, kids, uh, you know, serves in church, what whatever's on your, your list, uh, keep keep those those standards high, and um, you will naturally gravitate and draw that, that same kind of person. Keep your standards high. Let's come to what for so many is a really difficult point, and this is sex in the relationship and the idea of saving yourself for marriage. What are your thoughts here for people who are looking to be dating and aspiring to marriage? Sex and the relationship, how do you think about these things, Eric? Well, yeah, we could take it from different angles. Um, the The Bible is pretty clear that um, uh, he wants us to save sex for for marriage, and I um, I applaud the people that have waited. I was not a Christian until I was twenty one, and I made a lot of mis uh, you know a lot of mistakes, and uh, still made mis- uh, mistakes after that. So, regardless of whether you've waited or you have had trouble in that area god wants to re- uh, god wants to restore you and those sins are 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 washed away um so we know that it's god's standard for for us to wait and it is difficult it is difficult to to wait um but i say from also not just a theological point of view but that from a very practical point of view uh Sex and you know messing around it it just makes you cloudy. So it is is really hard to make a decision to marry someone for the right reasons or or not because your emotions your hormones you know they're they're just all over the place. And um, you know C.S. Lewis says that um, that in indulgence brings fog. And that's 
another very practical reason why why we need to wait for sex is simply so we can have a clear mind as we date and make a decision for marriage. So those values that start with our dating life are likely to carry over into marriage. There's an old saying, uh, if he'll do it with you, he'll do it to you. Uh, You can substitute there, if she'll do it with you, she'll do it to you. If those values can't be held until marriage, then sometimes that continues uh, to affairs and all sorts of challenging times into a marriage later. Uh, Any thoughts here about getting things right early so that you've got strength into your marriage? Definitely, yes. Um, I believe that those uh, good patterns and those negative patterns will, will, will both carry into marriage. I mean, your wedding day is just one day, but your relationship was a year or, or two or three even before that. So how you're married, at, at least at first, is, is, is going to depend on how you dated. But if you're communicating well, if you, you know how to solve conflict, if uh, you and your uh, boyfriend and, or girlfriend are exhibiting self self control those will absolutely carry over and and help your and help your marriage uh you know there is no perfect marriage but you are definitely starting off your marriage on the right foot and the same thing with the negative patterns if you're not communicating well if you don't you know if self control is very uh, difficult for you it's not going to change once you um uh once you exchange rings Uh, Coming back to your book, Eric, How Should a Christian Date? And uh, one of the things about your book is you say you're not trying to boss people around. Uh, You're trying to offer wisdom about the relevant principles of God's Word, Uh, your idea about guidance, not micromanagement here. So uh, for the person who wants to get a hold of your book right now, uh, this is the sort of approach you've taken. You haven't wanted to tell people what they should do. Uh, Give us your insight here into why you've decided to just tread carefully and bring the principles well, yeah, because uh, dating is not found in the uh, in the scripture, and we have all sorts of amazing stories how God in- intervened and brought two two people to together, and sometimes that still happens today. But oftentimes, God uses our our culture for uh, he he uses dating within our culture. But yeah, I believe that there's no formula. Um, there is no I, I say that that there's no right way to date. There's just many wrong ones, and God gives us a, a, a framework. So what I try to share in the, in the book is just giving people many different ways um, and saying that you need to find out what, what works for, for you, that I believe that God gives us a big yard, you know, to, to date and for us to see what, what works for us. But, but there is still a fence, you know. There is still God's moral moral boundaries. Um, but within that, we are not a pigeonhole to, to just date in one specific way. So we build our relationship with God, and that affects the relationships we have with one another. And of course, uh, some of those relationships will lead to dating. 
Potentially, there'll be a prize relationship in the dating that will lead on to marriage and a wonderful aspiration. Uh, Eric Demeter, a single man, the author of the book, How Should a Christian Date? It's not as complicated as you think. It's a book published by Moody Publishers. But if you want to get a hold of Eric's book, you'll just simply Google it online, uh, all the major online booksellers. Eric Demeter, D-E-M-E-T-E-R. The book is called How Should a Christian Date? It's not as complicated as you think. Eric, thanks so much for a wonderful open conversation today, sharing your heart with us. Just been wonderful. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.